You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Listening to 3CR Community Radio 855 the number is 94198377. You've been listening to the same. You could never understand. Feel the fortune flowing. You know it isn't stuck. I delighted in the supreme sense of freedom that comes with the first mile of a bicycle journey. No bills, no messy relationships, no job. All I needed was stuffed into four sturdy panniers. Well, we know where we're going, but we don't know where we've been. And we know We're on the road to nowhere. This is the Yarrabug Radio Show here at Radical Radio 3CR. 855 on the AM dial. Podcasting, streaming. Or Marie, if you're listening on the attorney in the kitchen this morning, g'day. We've got a big show coming up. But first, many thanks to Amy Goodman and Democracy Now. Uh, I can't, uh, I don't think any of us can express how bad or bear to look at America post in this COVID time. So it is a little bit of a reminder of where we sit. But we've got a big show coming up. Bit of news and events. We're going to have a quick look at that opaque labyrinth that is the UCI and how it ties in with so many wonderful people all over the world and a few comments about bike riding and places to go. And on this lovely little perspex-separated tandem this morning, Good morning, Faith. <laughs> Good morning, Val. <laughs> I've got to say, righty, in this morning, some days are just, I'm, I'm going to use the term blessed, but if there is some something spectacular about this morning. Yep. No, it was a beautiful morning coming in. And as such, we've always got a lot to do. Bicycle moments. Uh, yeah, well, that was riding in. Um, my, my annual check on the... Um, baby jacarandas in Edinburgh Gardens because when they were first planted, I, I had this vision of them in full bloom as yep. 
mature trees and and the the purple haze you would get to ride through and and they're not quite there yet but there's a significant advance on last year they're starting to hit that no longer a baby tree not quite yeah 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 the big thing but they're getting there and and certainly the, the purple is developing nicely they do have a wonderful shade of green those young trees they so do that those new fonds are sharp, quite sharp citrusy yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. No, um no. i did a little census of the not a square kilometre around my area the other day. And I think the five or six lovely ones I got, all ranging from very old and completely massacred by power lines. Yeah. Anyway, it is that lovely thing. And there's another spot when you um, you turn off the Park Street path uh, after you're – if you're heading east and you've just crossed St George's Road, yep. and then you, you turn off through that little side street to yes. connect to the... Edinburgh Gardens. Yep. Um, so there there's a jacaranda nicely arranged against a much larger tree, and someone probably at exactly this time last year told me what it was, but it's it's got this burnt yellow, orangey, grevillea-type flower. Silky oak. And maybe that's it. And um, <laughs> and the two, like you have the purple yes. against them. Yeah, yeah. So that's not as full glory yet, uh, but it's starting. Yeah. And it's, that's always, you know, you come around that corner and there they are. That's there um, they are. And look, they're a, they are quite a toxic plant. It's actually quite <laughs> interesting. Oh, no. And look, the wood's beautiful and dense. It's actually one of the few woods that sinks. It's oh, so heavy. Wow. Yeah. But quite toxic to deal with. I, look, I know because well, we're not digressing here in a minute. <laughs> there was a, um, a um, place where people used to promenade in the 1880s in Melbourne, Burnley Park, and Mr. Carlo Catani, who did St Kilda Gardens mm-hmm. or Catani Gardens, he uh, he and a couple of others planted the trees alongside uh, the driveway. So close to the driveway is a row of elms, but in between each elm set back about um, 20 feet is a silky oak. And they're still there thriving. Well, they're not all thriving. A lot of them have died. Yep. But there's one spectacular one in the girls' school uh-huh. that's still on yep. their thing yep. that they didn't cut down. Yeah, great. A beautiful t- trees. Beautiful trees. Yeah. Oh, um, I'll go back to something more prosaic. How things change. Now they stay the same. <laughs> Doing my shopping the other day. Um this is an interesting thing. I walk out and there's a lovely electric bike or newish electric bike with one less car stickers all over it. I'm going, my seat, one idea never dies. <laughs> <laughs> and a brand new sticker, no name on it, big capital letters. Yeah. Obviously, somebody's done it themselves. <laughs> and I thought, oh, this is just so good. <laughs> Which was very funny. Ah. Uh, a uh, little bit of news. Um, well, uh, not much news from me. I guess on a local level, we could say that uh, Moreland Bicycle User Group held their annual general meeting yesterday. Ooh, had that go? And uh, um, so have a, as you have to do every year, elected a new committee, mm-hmm. which is a mix of members who've been on the committee before and some new members. So that's good. Um, and spent a very pleasant hour or two sitting in the park talking about uh, local uh, bike issues. And, and future uh, programs. And future that. programs. So, uh, yeah. Moreland Bug's um, stepping up a bit, isn't it, at the moment? 
I think Mullenbug's always it been always has, sorry, pretty should, um, yeah. active. And, I mean, it was formed from – it's 30 years old this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Right. So formed from – and in the interest of full disclosure, I'm now the convener of Mullenbug. Yep. I was the secretary. Um, they've been. They were formed from the amalgamation of Brunsbug and Cobug, uh, which were both formed in 1990, and uh, um, have been. You know, I remember when I came back from the Netherlands and moved to Moreland. You know, they were doing the O'Hay Street bike path with the council, the O'Hay Bike Town project, giving away 100 bikes to people to take up riding, um, running a lot of rides, still run Wednesday rides every fortnight and quite possibly soon some Saturday ones and still very active with Moreland Council. So uh, I think um, I've always been a pretty proactive... Yeah. Yeah, which is may be reflected in the number of people who ride in Moreland. True, and and I would think a lot more. Um, I'm not. I'm not. Um, a lot more community involvement, especially in the way at a local council level, bicycle advisory committees. Who are the people they talk to? The yeah. bugs because they've got strong relationships. Yeah. Build up over thirty years. Yeah. 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 So you know you, you can see also like in Yarra with uh, the role of Yarra bug. There's um that's. Then you get the areas that where you're able to support more people riding. Yep. Um, look, the only other news we'll touch on is that actually it's a bit of a sad reflection. We've had a very a start, sharp rise in the number of deaths of bicycle delivery riders. Actually, two and two days in Sydney the other day. I think it's about five and three months, which highlights a couple of issues, a lot of issues, one of them bicycling safety, of course, and we've watched the particular or the normal backlash or victim blaming going on in all areas. Pretty disappointing. Well, it just shows the um, lack of support and infrastructure for people to use bicycles either for work or recreation. So, yeah. um, And, you know, there was probably a moment during COVID lockdowns with less motor vehicles on the roads where that wasn't in such sharp relief, but as soon as you have everyone rushing back onto the roads yeah. in cars, then... Um... Yeah. And if you look at the dark history of it, you know, I mean, I've seen plenty of people try and get bikes because they want to become a delivery driver and the bikes are substandard. Having said that, there doesn't, there's no but duty... it's not the bikes that are killing them. No, no, it's... it's I, I'm sorry, I'm not... <laughs> no, And I it's mean, interesting, I'm because... It's, it's not because the, the bike's it's falling apart or something. Well the, well, the normal response is something like the Guardian is to blame... The brakes on the bikes is going, you know, this, people are not employed by anybody. They all have to take on all this by themselves. It well, is just- and it's part of that. And I think Chris did a program uh, about delivery riders last year where yep. talking about that economy where they're not employees, so they get no protection, uh, yep. but they are effectively employees with yep. the n- number of hours they're working and yep. the requirements put on them. And this is another one. There's, uh, yeah. you know, expect, you know, put in a position, and especially during COVID when many people found themselves un- ineligible for any support from yes. the government. And so, you know, having to go to work in, in conditions that were unsafe, but what do you do? Yeah. You keep talking about it. Hopefully we can change it at some point and realise that actually these people are employers, employees. 
we're going to be back after this little break. Three CR would like to thank our Yarrabug program sponsor, Backrose Second Chance Cycles, for their financial support. Second Chance Cycles is a fantastic community workshop that recycles bikes, trains people in bike mechanics, and sells bikes to the local community. If you have a healthcare card, they'll give you a bike free of charge. To find out more, search for Vacro online or drop into the underground car park, Harmsworth Street, Collingwood, any Thursday or Friday. <laughs> and you're back listening to the Arabug Radio Show. Uh, caught napping there. Um, and uh, I thought very briefly we might just take a look, and it will be brief, um, the Victorian state budget was announced last week and so, of course, we look with interest to the commitments for cycling, especially in this uh, new COVID world where people don't want to jump on public transport and where cities around the world and Australia are throwing money at getting up the sort of infrastructure that can support people to safely uh, get around by bike and have more choices about how they get around. So, of course, uh, looking at the Victorian state government um, and, you know, the Dan Andrews government has done a lot of good things over the last few... Um, how many times have they been re-elected? No. So, uh, but the budget for cycling has never been... It's not a high priority, come on. No. And uh, and it's never been impressive, and it's rarely been spent. True. <laughs> so uh, it's pretty hard to find. There was an announcement just before the election of $13 million for pop-up infrastructure in response yep. to the COVID pandemic, and um, that got a lot of attention and made everyone feel pretty positive. It's substantially less than they've promised and not spent in any previous election. Yep. And there's no ongoing funding. There's no ongoing funding. So the only place you can find a mention of cycling is under the $63 million school and community safety program, which includes improving safety for motorists, pedestrians and cyclists. Um, what, the order is that in again? That's $63 million. No, but the order of who's it helping? Oh, well, motorists, pedestrians <laughs> and cyclists. Um, and, and that $13 million promised pretty it looks like that slots in under that 63 so let's say then there's yeah and it's yeah. there's there's no specific projects it's all about um uh, very it's it's very wishy-washy and um you know it's it's just what um we've seen with this government commit to very little and and then don't spend and it. then don't spend it anyway um no. in and may then- 2018, the government promised funding for the upfield path. Yep. And here we are two and a half years later and it's not been spent. No, hasn't been allocated. No. no. So um, disappointing. I think very disappointing in the current circumstance. Disappointing at any time, but yep. flabbergasting in the current circumstances. That in you've got a real opportunity to make cities and I'm going to put them in this order, pedestrian, cyclist and motorist also for... Yeah, yeah. yeah. And when you see what, you know, even cities like Perth 
and and uh and certainly New South Wales. I mean, who'd have thought New South Wales would be uh trumping Victoria on cycling infrastructure, but yeah. um and there's been, you know, some funding for the complete upgrading sections of the Gippsland Rail Trail to all yeah. Boston and that's great and that's nice, but this is not about moving that's, people that's around. Holiday, that's holiday yeah. riding in the country. Yeah. That's not actually somebody trying to ride to work. And again, a small project on the scale of things. It's, no. These aren't, you know, like... No. Yeah, we can... And as someone said to me yesterday, who th- who would have thought we'd get rail to the airport <laughs> before? Now, don't speak too soon here. It is not there yet. You no, know, before we got... Uh, <laughs> anyway, so that's... That's the uh... that's the good news as far as the budget. <laughs> Look, just on a, exactly the same topic, um, I'm trying to remember when the you know the Morrison government's big spend and they they had an announcement uh, I think yesterday or Saturday or Friday that they were extending the um, if you spend so much on redoing your house they're going to throw in this and. Look, they came up with the figures the other day. We're going to spend about eight hundred and sixty million dollars on this. It's a big project. So up until a month and a half ago, there'd been only 250 applications mm. for this loan. They have not spent one penny of what they've put aside for it. And the way it's looking is they'll probably spend up next to nothing on this. But nobody will remember that. All we remember is the big announcement. Yeah, well, there's been a few of those. 250 from applications from yeah. a whole round of Australia. Yeah. Yep. And that's applications, and most of them didn't even fit the bill, and it'd take eight weeks to process them. Now that they've opened up again, it's a bit. Um, you got to pay attention a bit, a yep. little bit. Well, it's all very well to make a promise, but it's someone needs to be following up. Here we on go. That. <laughs> Talk about following up. Look, I've forgotten um, the, the UCI. I've forgotten let's, this wonderful. Let's, let's look at Russia. <laughs> no, let's, well, let's look at the UCI. Val's favourite <laughs> topic. <laughs> well, the UCI is well, it is, but smaller things and how they deal with things. What's his name? Mike Trelaw is it the mm, journalist? Yep. And look, at this is an example of actually what very, very good journalism looks like. There's a wonderful story. I mean. Everybody who's got an understanding of large federal sporting bodies, I'm talking with FIFA, the Olympics, all these, UCI fits into these, and they're usually corruptors all get out. (laughs) And it comes from big money from inside and from outside. This is a wonderful story. It's in Cycling Tips. I think it's called The Dictator and the UCI. It's a wonderful video of the statue. We'll put a link up to it. Of the statue of the puppy dog. (laughs) Upon the truth, you've seen the puppy dog statue. It's (laughs) wonderful. This is uh, the autocratic leader of Turkmenistan. I will not try and actually uh, pronounce his surname. But uh, a bloke who's um, loves cycling as well as a lot of other things. And all of a sudden, they've got the track uh, championships in Turkmenistan. There's been this whole crossbreeding of money coming in from funny places, him getting medals off the UCI, the UCI then bending backwards to send him um, events, mainly sponsored by a Russian oligarch who has slowly <laughs> taken over another other post, then ends up with the election 
and the throwing out of, I can't remember his name, the English bloke who was president of the uh, UCI, uh, to a Frenchman, Mr Lapiente, who is just as corrupt as all the others and actually has this enormous salary at the UCI and is still the mayor of a place in France. Hardly spends any time at the UCI. Most of the people have left the UCI. The UCI, like a lot of these groups, now has to make money out of what they can sell to people. Tour de France, they started up a thing called the Tour of Russia. Of course, in Russia. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, to get, just to sell more money. Tour of Beijing is exactly yep. the same idea. <clears throat> so the more it's a commercialisation of a standard product and the move just goes to the people who have the money and the influence quietly behind the scenes. I think there was something like 42 votes changed in the week before the election of the <laughs> president of the UCI. Somebody thought they had it in the bag. They actually only ended up getting eight votes out of 50, I think, in the end. So this creeping corruption that comes into these places and will hardly ever get called out. No, no, it's so... Uh... And it, I think part of the lesson is large uh, managements who manage, and they are monopoly sports, tended form cliques and inner circles. If you have a look at the AFL here in Australia, in Melbourne, which has grown to a considerably multimedia university, if you have a look close look at the executive upper management and the middle management, most of them come from two schools in Melbourne. It's interesting how something can get locked in so easy. And now the AFL is bigger than football and will remain that way. They still won't get on their bikes, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and look, the other thing is, you know, it makes such a difference if you just actually spend the money. I fear that actually the best places to spend the money are local councils, but they're not going to give a local council money to, say, build it on infrastructure. I would think that's probably a good way to do it. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, because it's all those local trips that make the difference. It's not, um, you know, we have a we, huge emphasis in Australia on riding to work, but when you look at the countries that get large volumes of people riding, um, it's it's really all those short local trips that are going to make the difference to congestion and yeah. uh, all those other local issues. Yeah. I put up a uh, thing on Instagram. It's a copy of the front cover of the bulletin from 1978. Um, they were trying to close down 3CR at that time. But on the headlines of that issue of Bolton, it's got a uh, somebody in front of the 3CR uh, microphone with a balaclava on, and it's called Terrorist Radio. <laughs> but one of the headlines of what's inside the Bolton is pedalling towards bicycle safety. <laughs> 1978. <laughs> <laughs> if only. Here we are, still on Terrorist Radio, still talking about the same thing. Now, there must be some events coming up. Get well, out of the town. You, you know things are back to normal when the Vintage Cycle Club are holding one of their swap meets. You are kidding me. <laughs> Abbotsford Cycles? <laughs> yes. Perfect. So uh, Saturday the 19th of December at 9am at uh, Abbotsford Cycles, the Vintage Cycle Club holding uh, their latest swap meet. 
and uh, if you want to hold a stall you can get in touch with Mark Bradley at barkmadley at netspace.net.au or you can give Abbotsford Cycles a call on 94296889 or you can just uh, pop down and do some Christmas shopping. Shopping, oh, yeah. Um, and another nice thing about it is that the Farron Collection will be open afterwards from 12.30 to 2.30 p.m. We'll put that date up if you haven't been yep. to the Farron Museum. Well worth this a look. This is a must. Hundreds yeah. of beautiful bicycles, all pre-1900, um, and in a beautiful private museum in Richmond. So that's the Vintage Cycle Club Swap Meet at Abbotsford Cycles on Saturday the 19th of December at starting from 9am. Yep, if you're looking for that first edition Dura Race Track Hub 28 holes, that's where you'll find it. That's where you'll find it. And <laughs> possibly lots of other things that um, you might not need, but, you know, and we've all got, you know, well, not all, but some of us, you know, we haven't been able to do as much of that shopping and look, <laughs> over the last few months. Collecting is great. And it's different from hoarding. It's very different. <laughs> it's more expensive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you tend to get emotionally attached to something you shouldn't have bought in the first place. <laughs> I think that's hoarding too. <laughs> I'm saving it for the kids. So I'm going to leave it to them in their will. Yes. <laughs> um, and also I noticed that Melbourne Dirt are running again their uh, local Thursday rides, 6.15pm at Darling Gardens. Uh, Melbourne Dirt are a group of women, ride on the trails, and they um, are sort of mostly from Brunswick Cycling Club, but everyone's free to go along. Um, And the best thing would be to find the Melbourne Hurt and Dirt Facebook page and then they'll put up details of any rides and also um, anyone who's part of the group and is going on a ride and is happy for others to join in will put stuff up too so it's a it's a great spot to uh, check out if you're looking for people to ride and talk about somebody who's got a bit of longevity we've had a couple of interviews with Melbourne Hurt and just going stronger and stronger Yep, and uh, doing some great work at making women's riding strong and accessible. And uh, that's it for the moment for the... uh, For the news. That's it for the uh, events. And all we've got time for today... Is that what you're looking at me for? <laughs> I'm not too sure. <laughs> oh, look, um, sorry, I must uh, transgress. Um, that quote from the top oh, of the yeah. show, um, I'm delighted in the supreme sense of freedom that comes with the first mile of a bicycle journey. That came from Dan Butetner. Um, I couldn't put a date on that, but I'm assuming he's English. Uh, not many Americans are delighted in the supreme <laughs> sense of freedom, I've got to say. That's the choice of words. Um, and that came, he, I think it was in a book here, he wrote about 12,000 miles across Africa. Um, and that was one of his, from a book, that's one of his things. Look, just on this, I'm searching for quotes and chasing down people who said quotes. I've come across this, I've got to now 
about five or six out-of-print books that if I wanted to buy them in the, on the internet, go from about $190 US to, <laughs> to various conditions of, uh, of soft covers, it's an enormous... Um, there are some wonderful bicycle books and collections of bicycle mm. sayings, bicycle memoirs that are really seem just so wonderful, actually. It's been great. Haven't found any connection with H.G. Wells this week, I've got to oh, say, though. I well. did look, I did look, <laughs> and fell into a rabbit hole that everybody's arguing about whether actually H.G. Wells predicted these things. He said he didn't. He said he just had a stab in the dark, had no thought about it at all. So that's a rabbit hole I'm not going into. <laughs> <laughs> Chris will be back next week yep. on the Arabug Radio Show. And that is all we have time for today. Uh, you've been listening to the Arabug Radio Show on 3CR. Like all programs on 3CR, the Arabug Radio Show is run by volunteers and 3CR relies on the support of its listeners to stay on the air. You can subscribe or make a donation at 3cr.org.au. Coming up next is... Shibap. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.